and welcome to episode seven of season two of Kappa Kappa Psi Presents. My name is Jessica Lee, National Vice President for Student Affairs for Kappa Kappa Psi. And tonight we are sitting and chatting with Brother Brent Cannon, uh, one of our brothers who sits on the Kappa Kappa Psi Alumni Board of Directors. Hi, Brent. How are you doing? I am doing just great, Jessica. How are you? Great. So glad that you're able to give up a little bit of time for us this evening. Well, I'm retired. So, you know, I have oodles of time. At least people think retired people do, but I'm actually working a second job now in retirement. And actually, I think I'm busier, been busier this fall than maybe some other falls in my teaching career. So. <laughs> well, thank you again for sitting down. And for our listeners out there that might not have had the opportunity to meet you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career with the fraternity um, and uh, some uh, the role that you've played as far as your roles in national leadership. Well, I became a member of Kappa Kappa Psi in the spring of 1984. Actually, it was March the 30th, 1984. And I was initiated into the Gamma Phi chapter at Stephen F. Austin State University, which is in Nacogdoches, Texas, in the what was then District 6. <laughs> District stinking 6. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, and you asked about roles. You want to know, like, chapter roles and things like that? Or oh, what? yeah. Tell us. Well, my... And I'm going to say, I'm going to use words that we used back then. People that know me know that if, I've always said that if we ever forget where where we came from, we're likely to go back there again. Absolutely. And so, so I was my, our pledge class, and I was a pledge now, I will tell you that, mm-hmm. uh, was pledge class president. And then at some point, the chapter, obviously there was no worthwhile candidates and they elected me president of the chapter. <laughs> And I was president uh, for two years, 1985 to 1987. And then I was the District 6 president from 86 to 87. Oh, and then at some point from like 1995 to 2005, I was the Southwest District Governor. And then I came on board, actually it was the, uh, called the Alumni Advisory committee, I believe, like in 2008, and I've been serving, and, and, and since then it's been changed to the one I board of directors uh, for the Alumni Association, and I've served in that, I guess, about 10 years now or something like that. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. And I know only because you made a video for me uh, earlier this week um, that you also played in the National Intercollegiate Band. Yes, I did. In 1985 at the at Kansas University, and then again in 1987 at the University of Michigan. Yeah, they were great, great experiences. Really did, really, really enjoyed it. Do you remember who the conductor and composers were? Yeah, at uh, 85, uh, William Foster was the conductor, and um, James Barnes was the commission composer. At 87, um, Harry Bijan was the conductor, and Jerry Billick, yes, Jerry Billick was the uh, commission composer. 
That's awesome. I'm sitting right now. I'm looking at my wall, and I have the framed program from that concert, and I got it signed by Harry Bijan. We actually did both sets of Armenian dances, set one and set two on that concert, because I believe he's of Armenian descent. And it's also signed by Jerry Billick. And then Dr. William B. Rebelli was in the audience. And I got his signature on the program. Wow. So, uh, oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, in fact, when district conventions were held on, I mean, excuse me, national conventions were held on college campuses, and they were basically a week long, and the NIB rehearsed throughout the week. And then the concert, I believe, was maybe on Thursday night or no, Friday night, I believe, something like that. It was later on in the week. It was way different back then. So cool. I just love, I love hearing the stories of how we've grown and changed and, and then the way that we're just exactly the same, you know, that you still had the experience, many of the people in the NIB do of working with a composer and a conductor and playing great music. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's, there were actually two, two NIB bands back then as well. There wasn't just one, there were two. Wow. Uh, like a symphonic band and a concert band. But, you know, I think this next national convention, the Centennial Celebration in Stillwater, um, a lot of students and recent alumni, actually, no, not recent because, uh, you know, we started going to, got off college campuses in the late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember now exactly when it was. But I think going, you know, having it on campus at Stillwater will give quite a few brothers and sisters of sorority, the uh, feeling of what it used to be like, because we'll be on a college campus once again for that. So, I know, and it, it's it's exciting. You know, so many of the students that I get the chance to interact with are just excited to to go to Stillwater and have that experience. And OSU is a great campus, and um, so many places to eat, and you know, of course, headquarters and everything. So it's yeah. going to be special. So. Um, Let's talk about speaking of a national convention. That's a great segue. Um, we have you on tonight um, because um, you are in charge of a very special project um, to revitalize the fraternity song. Um, and I know that you're going to be doing work um, at conventions talking about it. And then there'll be some stuff at national conventions. So talk to us about why um, you want to do this and what this work is going to look like uh, this year. Well, just to kind of maybe give everybody a, a little outline of what's going to take place. I'm not for sure when what we're talking about right now is going to become available. Um, but um, at some point, there will be a, you know, some educational videos and some, some more dissemination of information. That sounded really smart, didn't it? Dissemination of information <laughs> uh, you know, made available. Um, but... Um, you know, the fraternity song was uh, adopted at the 1975 National Convention, and it didn't really catch on, you know, for a little while. You know, I've talked to some brothers, you know, that were from the mid-70s and late-70s. They didn't even know that there was a fraternity song, you know, either, much like a lot of brothers now. 
don't even know that there's a fraternity song. But by the time I came on board, and actually even before that, it really caught on, and it was it was sung an awful lot. I mean, just I mean, we loved singing it as a chapter, as as our pledge class. It was a big part of what we did at the end of of meetings and functions and whatever. And, and you know, we sang it at district conventions. We sang it at national conventions. It was it was original four part harmony, uh, traditional harmony. It was uh, rescored a little bit, and well, actually a good bit in nineteen at the nineteen eighty seven. Uh, national Convention in Michigan, uh, and then redone a little bit at the 2015 National Convention. The, the two things that have stayed constant is the fact that the words are the same, they've never changed, and the melody has not changed. It went from four-part harmony, originally traditional harmony, to three-part harmony, and it's still three-part harmony. But over the course of the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, so it, it just seems like it's it's not sung, and it's just just it's not as prominent as it once was. Uh, I've talked to numerous older alumni, national leadership, and not not just one of their national leadership that really were sad that it was kind of fading away. And kind of as my position on the alumni board, I'm the the. Um, Traditions and Director, excuse me, Traditions and Recognition Director on the Alumni Board. I mean, and what, you know, there's not many traditions that go back further than our fraternity song. And so if we don't do something, it's going to get, it's going to get lost. And, and I love singing the, the fraternity song. I grew up singing that. Uh, but I love, the, I love the hymn, and I, I'm always like sure people know this. It has nothing to do with the hymn. I love the hymn as well. Um, you know, if anybody's ever stood next to me or sung with me on that thing, know that I love to sing the hymn. Well, that's I mean, what it, that's what I was just about to say to that listeners out there. If you ever are at a convention and you get to stand even, oh, within uh, 20 people of uh, Brent Cannon, uh, it is an experience. You have a great voice, Brent, and you sing with such passion and power. And I'm always uh, feel more emotional whenever I'm, I'm near you singing because you really um, you sing it awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, and, and and I feel the same way about the hymn and the song both. I love them both. They're, you know, I, the, uh, you know, I would like maybe for us to go back to singing the song and maybe go back to a little bit more upbeat mm -hmm. thing. And some of the things that I have in store is we've got a chapter that we're going to go to here uh, before the spring semester gets started. We've, we've, read, we've got a young composer who's a brother and a, a really outstanding young composer who's, you know, he's, he's done some different arrangements of it. And, uh, you know, we've kind of tweaked it some. It's gone back to four-part harmony. But it's also set up where a chapter can can uh, choose, pick and choose the parts. If, if a chapter, you know, because we all know chapters are different sizes. They're a different makeup, you know, as far as maybe ability levels. If they want to sing just to learn the melody, that's great. If they want to, and then there's three additional harmony parts that are interchangeable. If a chapter's big enough and wants to do all four parts, they can. If they want to pick this part two, or if they want to rather do part one and part three, whatever, you know, 
and then maybe kind of work where we can standardize it a little bit more where we can sing it together because I've, I've mentioned in fact there's a, an article in the podium that's going to come out in the spring at least it's supposed to come out in the podium in the spring and I, I kind of talk about some of the same things I'm mentioning now uh, regarding the you know the song uh, so I'm just looking forward to it I think at district conventions there hopefully well by then we'll have some educational videos uh, that maybe we'll, you know, the plan is to put them on the, you know, or the, the fraternity YouTube channel or whatever, you know, whatever all else we have available to just advertise it because maybe we can standardize it a little bit more. We're not trying to do away with any chapter traditions or anything, but maybe where we get together as a as a fraternity at district conventions, national conventions, that we can still sing the song Um and do so effectively and all together instead of stumbling over ourselves because we sing it so many different ways. Kind of like we are starting to experience sometimes with the hymn now that it's been around for a good while. Chapters have added different things, and sometimes we tend to struggle a little bit on the hymn as well. Of course, a lot of that has to do with how well we watch the conductor. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you out there that haven't guessed, uh, Brother Cannon um, is a music educator. So uh, you can hear some of that in this conversation. So some of the kids who were in my band, I was a GRI band director, might strongly question whether I was actually a music educator or not. I felt like a lot of times because I did junior high band for the majority of my 30 years of teaching. Uh, in fact, a lot of that time was also mainly doing seventh graders. I, there was a lot of days I felt more like I was a cat herder than I was a music educator. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it is when you're dealing with junior high kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every day is new. Well, I, I'm excited about this project. One, because I fully admit I am one of the people that don't sing to him well. And there's about, you know, 800 oohs in it that nobody can sing at the right tempo, at the right pitch or the right time. So, <laughs> you mean uh, sing You said him. You mean oh, singing the I'm song. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah, singing the song. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. And, And um, so I'm excited for the educational opportunity. Um, I think it's great that um, we're going to be able to release some of those materials ahead of time. That's a great opportunity for chapters to bring some musicianship into the chapter and practice. Um, A great opportunity for the musicianship lesson in the road to wisdom, um, because part of what we have in there is learning the hymn and the song. And so those materials just add, you know, when in that musicianship lesson, and we'll be able to post those. Uh, educational videos on the Facebook, on the Instagram. Um, so um, I'm really excited to see it all come out and to help learn too. Yeah, there will be a little bit of it. Um, I don't know yet to what extent at district conventions. You know, district conventions are already so jam-packed. You know, we don't want to take away from other things, but there you know, maybe some opportunities depending on the district convention and, and who all is at that convention to and, and just the timing, we know how things, you know, go at district conventions. So if there's an opportunity to do something with it, we might, um, you know, I don't know that there's going to be any official workshops or anything on it or not, but there, you know, there's always some downtime where maybe a video could be shown, you know, just some things like that. I do, I do want to say too, that, uh, before I ever started on this, you know, like I said, I talked to quite a few, uh, older brothers and, and, and I don't mean as old as I am, but I mean, you know, down through the years, you know, a wide range that were really, you know, sad that it was kind of going to the wayside. Um, and when I went to uh, the first 
I would not be pursuing this without the um, support of an approval of National President Evan Thompson. Um, you know, before I ever started this, I made sure because I knew if he didn't, if he wasn't behind it and, and wasn't, you know, on board with it, you know, that it it was not going to go anywhere. And he he was behind it and supports it. 100%. He and I've talked several times, you know, through this process, just so I'll make sure that I'm staying in line with, you know, what the, you know, our elected president, you know, feels comfortable with. And all this is moving forward, you know, just as much on his word as, as anything that, I, that I'm doing. I do know that National Convention, I think there will be some things, you know, regarding the fraternity song uh, at National Convention as well that's i think is going to be um maybe uh, certainly a little bit more extensive than what will take place at district conventions as well so so i want to say thank you to heaven well and it's all the more reason um to go to national so many reasons to go to national convention um this year but um i think that just adds to it to um take part in that um revitalizing the song and and being able to share in that moment with what i'm sure is going to be um a healthy dose of alumni that'll be attending convention as well um i know um brothers from my chapter keep reaching out and and asking questions people that you know were active and then moved into alumni but haven't necessarily stayed active in the alumni world or anything and so um just so much to look forward to and that's just one more thing yeah uh, it's going to be a, dis- a national convention unlike any other oh the the only one anyone else that's active right now or even alumni is going to be able to remember for sure um oh. so it's uh it's going to be awesome and anything else um that you'd like to add brent or um put out there to people that are listening um you know we mean regarding the the song or or whatever or, or whatever anything. anything yeah no I, I think that's really you know pretty much kind of you know regarding the the song um you know there's um I, I do think we need to you know strongly encourage actives to really think and, and take to heart that their time as an active is short. Mm-hmm. At least we hope it's short. <laughs> we hope they're not on the 10-year plan. Uh, and if they are, then, you know, hey, be active for 10 years. I've often thought, you know, in retirement, to go back to, to my, uh, to go back to SFA and rent a room during the uh, fall and be in marching band. So they just call me grandpa <laughs> or something like that. You know, hey, pops, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, but anyway, uh, but to um, just really remember and, and and embrace the fact that hopefully you will be an alumni for a lot longer than you ever were an active, and that you know your your oath of of service and your bond of brotherhood does not you know stop you know, once you graduate and once you leave. It's something that you know can go with you through the through the remainder of your life. You know I have you know, some, some wonderful memories of being an active and some of those brothers that I, I still keep up with. And of course that's, it's way easier now in this day of social media and, you know, Facebook and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I also have, have had a wonderful opportunity to meet many wonderful brothers 
and sisters, you know, just because of my involvement as an alumni. Now, you know, you don't you don't have to be involved at, at levels of what say you are at this point or that I am at this point. You know, I, there are we have quite a few alumni who are very active in just serving, you know, they're serving, I don't mean in just serving, but in serving, you know, their local chapters or maybe being involved in one of the local alumni associations that are established throughout the country, whether it's, you know, chapter-based or regional-based or district-based, you know, that there are many, many ways that you can still serve and and foster new um, friendships, okay? I mean, that's how you and I know each other. Absolutely. It's just through through that and, and how I've met brothers you know, like I said, who are not necessarily active at the national level, but I see them because they do come to other events just because they still want to be involved in Kappa Kappa Psi. So believe me when I say that your fraternal involvement can last way beyond your graduation day. So I would encourage everybody to, to remember that and just embrace that and participate. Absolutely. And I think that's a great note to end on in that, you know, you, your time as active is so short and your, um, but your impact for years to come, I just celebrated my 15th anniversary, uh, not as seasoned as you, but I just celebrated my 15th anniversary as a brother. Um, and if you would have asked me when I became a brother 15 years ago, if I would be a national officer or um, and done the things that I've done at the national level, I never would have guessed that. Um, but there's something about uh, committing yourself to a life of selfless service that's so rewarding um, in a way that this fraternity gives you these values and these ideas and these connections to people that just don't exist to me in other venues. And, you know, I say all the time that the fraternity um, would be just like a band parents association. When you think about the service and the things we do for bands and raising money, you know, that piece of it is is what our band parents associations do in high school. But the fraternity piece is the people and the values and the shared ritual and the shared experiences. And it's that connection and relationships that we build that makes this organization so much more powerful. Um, And and uh, I've been having little moments uh, this week as I think back to those memories of becoming a brother and being excited and just being thankful that I have the opportunity to serve at the level that I do. Yeah, but I would also, since you mentioned band parent organizations, you know, it's it's been my, you know, I was a band director in East Texas uh, for 30 years and at just you know, a couple of different schools. Uh, and 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 two of those schools that I'm thinking of, actually three of them that I'm thinking of um, right now, the band parents organization in a lot of ways was very similar to Kappa Kappa Psi because they spent so much time together working and planning that they became more like family. Sure. I mean, and, you know, the band booster officers and the ones who were always there. I mean, it was it was really fun really fun to watch you know them and 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 then you had band supporters for life through that oh absolutely yeah and then since you were talking about seasoned seasoned (laughs) yeah i'm so seasoned i'm almost like jerky at this point (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh 
it. That's great. <laughs> oh, well, I think our time is about through. Um, appreciate you tonight. Um, thanks for giving up a little bit of time. Um, and the appreciation is all mine. Okay, what I do and have done is so so minuscule compared to what anybody who's ever served as a national officer. The, the time commitment that you guys, including your husband Jack. Um, you know, you know, have donated and, and, and selfless service to the fraternity, you know, just outweighs anything that I've ever done. And, and just on behalf, you know, I quite, one of the things that I've developed and, and, and I say these things to, and I probably have said it to you before, but I, I tend to say it a lot to national officers and I, and I mean it, even though I say it quite often is that on behalf of all the alumni who don't really have the opportunity or don't know to say thank you. Okay. Let me say thank you. Okay. On behalf of all those alumni for the amount of work and service you still are doing on behalf of the fraternity, how much we really appreciate it. And and they would feel the same way if they had the opportunity to know you and to say that to you. So thank you, Brent. That's thank you. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Well, brothers, um, Brent, what conventions are you uh, attending this season? Uh, Western District. I've never been to a Western District convention. Oh, fun. Yeah, I've never been. And then I'm going to Southwest District Convention. I've been to quite a few of those through my <laughs> in my life so all right brothers out there listening if you are a western district or southwest um please take the opportunity to say hi to brent introduce yourself um and if you're not at either of those and you're planning on coming to national convention we'll all be there um and again please make sure um, brent's always a great person to meet so and i know he would love to meet um our listeners out there so please uh, go on up to him introduce yourself and say hello All right, Brent. Well, thanks so much. Um, This wraps up episode seven. Um, In our next episode, I'm sitting down with Brother Clint Whedon, um, who's one of our Southwest District Governors and kind of one of the historians of the fraternity. And uh, we are picking up. um, I did a previous episode with Steve Nelson on Bo in the beginning of the fraternity. Um, And my episode with Clint is where uh, we are going to talk about kind of the founding up until World War II. Um, So if you're a history buff and you're curious, uh, tune in uh, in two weeks uh, to that episode with Clint. And for all you out there, keep striving.